Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. In this edition of Hoopsology, Justin and Matt welcome the holiday season by previewing the slate of NBA games on Christmas Day. But before we discuss those games, we break down the Phoenix Suns being sold and the new design of the NBA regular season trophies and a whole lot more. Please email your questions to hoopsologypod at gmail.com and follow us on all social media platforms. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel for our latest content as well. We are a proud member of Underdog Podcast. And now, our Christmas Day Games Preview of the NBA. Welcome to another episode of In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am joined, as always, by Justin Goodrum. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. It's the Christmas season, Christmas Day NBA game, so I can't complain. I'm in a pretty good mood. How about you, man? And I'm doing great. Looking forward to <clears throat> the Christmas action. But more importantly, are you uh, ready for Christmas at this point? Um, I am. Yeah. Uh, nice. For me, it's like as long as I got, you know, I have a very uh, loving girlfriend and I also got, you know, her and the NBA, I can't complain. So <laughs> those two things, I- I'm set. So right on, man. Yeah. Thank- thankfully for me, I- I've got a wife who is very organized at this time of year and she helps out a ton does a tremendous job every year so shout out to my wife even though she probably won't hear this <laughs> um but yeah we are thankfully pretty much all set recording this tuesday before christmas we have a lot of headlines to break down it's it's been a minute since you and i chatted about yeah. nba topics and and current events that are going on so tonight we want to break down NBA, the new individual awards and those new names that are attributed to NBA legends. We want to break down the sale of the Phoenix Suns. It happened uh, just kind of pretty quickly. It felt like this this came up. Um, and then we want to break down the NBA Christmas Day games with you guys. First, just quick plug um, and shout out. Just wanted to give you guys thanks for subscribing to the podcast for sharing the show with friends helps us out tremendously and also subscribing on YouTube. We've had a lot of growth over the last month, uh, really since Thanksgiving there, it it just keeps ticking up and we're really excited to have you guys in on the conversation. And, um, as always, you can email us hoopsologypod at gmail.com. If you want to be in the upcoming mailbag episode, um, and, we just really appreciate your support. So thank you so much for joining the ride uh, for this first half of this season and more great stuff to come as we move into, I guess, approaching all-star break. <laughs> Unbelievably so that's coming up after these Christmas games. So let's move into our topics, Justin. And I want to start out with these new individual award names and I think the best way to tackle this, maybe I'm, I'm just going to list out all the awards so you guys and, and the listeners can all hear them and then we can react. I, I just want your big picture thoughts of the awards and, you know, the attributions as well. I mean, of course, we're we're all fans of these NBA legends, but um, I guess your sense of if the war- awards match who they're attributed to, etc. So uh, starting from the top, we've got the MVP 
Award, which is going to be the Michael Jordan Trophy. Defensive Player of the Year, my guy, Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy. Rookie of the Year, the Wilt Chamberlain Trophy. Sixth Man of the Year, John Havlicek Trophy. Most Improved Player of the Year, the George Mikan Trophy. Clutch Player of the Year, Jerry West Trophy. So Clutch Player of the Year, a little, little different. Uh, no Executive of the Year award, no uh, Red Arbach situation or or anything like that at this point, but maybe that'll get renamed in the future. Um, and also haven't seen a, a Coach of the Year uh, type of situation. So maybe those are, are to come. Justin, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think this is a really cool idea. I love how it's paying homage to the you know, different eras of the game. I think that's really cool. The award design, I mean, I think we're all going to get used to it. You know, change yeah. is pretty, you know, hard to get used to. I know a lot of people were day were a little bit, a lot of hate going around with some of these award designs. Um, my question is for the uh, MVP award for Jordan. I mean, his, that logo is so iconic uh, of him. And I wonder, because that that's copyrighted, they have to go with a different, you know, um, model of him. I don't know if that's the reason. That That's me speculating. I don't know. But, yeah. I, but I look at this, I'm like, I don't know if that's reflective of Jordan. I mean, if, if you were to show me that trophy and not tell me who it is, I don't know if that looks like him. So I, I, think, I think that's, that's Elijah one, <laughs> like blocking a right. shot. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> the way that looks, yeah. Yeah, it does. I That does totally good point. So, you know, it's whatever. I think, you know, we're talking about five years down the line. We'll just accept this in our minds and life will move on. So um, I don't think it will be a huge – it's not a huge deal to me. Um, I think it reminds me a lot. You know, the World Cup just took place, so they have a lot of smaller trophies. So I think that's pretty much in line with kind of the – globally what the NBA wants to kind of replicate in terms of their league in multiple ways. So I think that's following suit, but you know, I think they look all right. I don't, I'm not generally outraged and I think it pays homage to the game. So I don't have too much of an issue with it, but I know, you know, you know how Twitter is people just want to get angry for no reason. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think it's interesting, you know, in line with what you said about the design, like you have the Michael Jordan trophy, which, I would agree with you. Doesn't stand out. Doesn't speak Michael Jordan to me, but I think it's a good looking trophy overall. You scroll down to like the next one. Uh, like this is the Jerry West trophy that we're looking at on the video right now. But uh, to me looks kind of cheap. I, I hate to <laughs> say that like the, the design with the gold jump shot, like encased in this, you know, crystal or glass or whatever it is. I, it kind of looks generic to me i guess is what i would say even the michael jordan one looks a little bit generic even though i like the look of that and, and then you have the rest of the trophies other than michael jordan like this sort of encased in crystal gold players um i don't know i i guess i would say i'm a little bit i'm a little bit low on the the design of the statues as well but um cool to see the nba play pay homage to many of the players that you and i grew up with and then many of the previous nba legends a couple questions that i i had for you just when i was thinking about this do you think people will actually use like next year when we're talking about award odds or things like that like will we be saying 
And, you know, Kevin Durant is right now best odds of winning the Michael Jordan trophy. <laughs> I, no. I mean, I don't I don't imagine no. people will say that. Zero chance unless you work for the NBA. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be pushing that hard and everyone's yeah. going to be like no. on their phone looking up what that is. I mean, maybe no, not no. for the Michael Jordan trophy, but for the George Mikan trophy. And, and that's my other thing, too, is George Mikan, like most improved player of the year. And from what I was reading, they explained that it comes from the Mikan drill that George Mikan developed, um, like to help players uh, with their their fundamentals, and that he was such a fundamental player. It's kind of like, eh, it's a little bit of a stretch for me. Like George Mikan was a dominant force in the early NBA, you know, like the the first dominant big in league history, if memory serves me correctly. Um, so it's it's a little bit of a stretch there in my opinion for him to be most improved player of the year but you know they they tried to make it work with that drill i also think it's interesting that the mvp trophy doesn't go to the player who won the most mvps in nba history which is kareem abdul jabbar yeah that's true i i think that's a good point and but at the same time, yeah, I, I'm sure, you know Jordan's such an icon in the league. Oh yeah, it's kind of like you, kind of handcuffed and like, what are you gonna name? It, what are you gonna name a trophy and leave him off? And and right. also too, I was thinking that even with Kobe, like he's he's not on here as well. So well, I mean, he's the All Star Game trophy. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, so but, he's he's got that. Kareem does have his like NBA yearly. That's true. Justice Award is That's true. is what I've heard as the rationale, but it just seems to me like it's it's a pretty easy decision in terms of like he's got six MVPs to Jordan's five, like That's he true. should be the name of the trophy. But I think you're right on the money that this is this is like a business decision. I mean, it is. We all totally. know that it's Jordan sells yeah. more than Kareem does. Yeah, it's a total marketing decision. And also, let's face it, the league and Kareem have not had the best relationship. I mean, yeah. they, it's been rocky at best. So, you know, Jordan, you know, easily in, in the league, you know, with the Charlotte Hornets, it's easy to put his name on there, not to mention his reputation as well. So, yep. Yeah. Right on the money there. Um, the other thing that I think would be interesting to explore. So the, the one drawback, and I heard Bill Simmons bring this up, and, and I think it's right, is is that these awards look cool to us now uh but in in 20 30 years are people going to care about these these trophy names i mean i think it'll be cool for you and i who are hopefully still around watching nba games at that point but um you know it'll be cool to us but at a certain point these names are going to feel maybe a little bit out of place or just not as relevant as they used to be and i wonder if and of course the nba changes things on a dime so they could wipe that away and put new players in there i think they should this is this is my crazy idea justin you know i've been watching a lot of wrestling videos lately we've been talking <laughs> about it i think they should make these wrestling titles so like you get you reach some sort of threshold like for example hakeem Olajuwon leads the league in all of league history he leads the league in block shots if someone like suddenly breaks the steals record all-time steals or breaks the all-time blocks uh, then they get their name on the trophy i think would be a really cool concept to incentivize players 
to like get after it and to stick around potentially now that could get messy too in fairness but i think it, it might be a fun idea at least in concept to play around with now that's not going to happen um but i don't know that would be my kind of idea to keep these awards and maybe the Keeps younger fans too yeah keep true. kind of interested and invested in it no it's not a bad idea I mean, and we've seen you brought up this the belt. I mean, with the UFC, when you win the title, um, you get a ruby on there. Because usually before, it's like you win. Anytime you have a title defense, you get a new championship. So there's very weird like that. But now you, you get one title and you get a ruby on the, the actual belt itself for each <laughs> title defense. Um, but no, it makes sense what you're saying. I mean, that's not a bad idea. And, you know, it's one more accolade to push. It's like, hey, you get the trophy renamed after you. Um, yeah, get that accolade. So now I think for, you know, some of the awards, we'd have to work some kind of standard out for how yeah. they would award the title belt. You know, I gave the most obvious example there with Hakeem, um, something like the Will Chamberlain trophy, which is rookie of the year. No, you were already not using it. Um, <laughs> that that was like the most dominant rookie season in NBA history and it may never be surpassed. Ever. Yeah. Um, and maybe the argument would be, well, then the award just stays <laughs> under Wilt. Right. That's and, true. and that might be a fair argument. But, um, you know, maybe serve both purposes like those traditional history loving fans uh like you and i and, and maybe uh give a challenge to the new guys too so any other thoughts on the awards before we move on uh not really yeah it'll be interesting to see you know nba you're right nba usually caters to its fans so if there's enough outrage i mean who knows how long these awards will be named like this in the in the future so true yeah and if it ends up being a footnote situation i mean it might not matter anyway we just hear them like at the end of the year at the awards ceremony or you know whatever um and that's the only time we hear it but i think overall i'm thumbs up on this i think it's a cool idea yeah it it provides uh it it weaves in history into the game I, i like the idea you know you and i both were big fans of the nba 75 thing um anytime you can weave a great tradition like this and in the history of the game and like looking back at these different eras that's another thing i like is it's it's all different eras of the nba represented here too which is pretty cool uh as well so so i'm a fan in that sense i just think it is going to be modified down the road all right enough time on awards let's move on we have a new owner for the phoenix suns um hopefully i'm pronouncing his name right matt ishbia agrees to purchase Phoenix Suns and Mercury in record $4 billion sale. Um, so yeah, we have, we have a new owner. The Robert Sarver is out as owner of those franchises. Matt Ishbia is in. What I find really interesting is that he was a player under Tom Izzo at Michigan State. Kind of cool in a way <laughs> that, you know, came from being a college basketball player all the way to owning a team uh i guess he earned his fortune in mortgage lending uh which i believe that is also how the cleveland cavaliers owner is it uh dan gibson i want to say uh, i might be wrong on the name but anyway he, i should remember him because i don't i don't like him so uh daniel gilbert gilbert okay yeah close um so yeah, so I guess a lot of mortgage lenders. <laughs> I, I believe uh, Donald Sterling wasn't he 
in some kind of mortgage business as well. Some sort of real estate thing was how he gained his wealth. I'm fairly certain. Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but, um, anyway, thoughts on this purchase. I mean, moved pretty quietly, pretty swiftly. Um, and Robert Sarver is out. Yeah. Lots of thoughts. Uh, first some, some, uh, background on the sale. So Ishiba, um, Ashiba, excuse me, is set to pay around $4 billion, um, easily beating the record for an NBA team um, in 2019 by, 2019 by Jos, Jos, Josai um, of the Brooklyn Nets so for $2.3 billion. Um, the Phoenix Mercury is also included in this deal. 3.3, I think. 3.3 billion, right? Um, for the Nets. So what I'm reading on here, this is front office sports, and they say $2.3 billion. Oh, okay. Um, so I could correct us. <laughs> I've got on the Guardian 3.3 billion here. Wow. Interesting. So um, someone is the wrong. Rockets 2.2 <laughs> billion in 2017. Interesting. Okay. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. <laughs> Interesting to see who is correct. <laughs> uh, we have two different reports. So uh, if you have the correct uh, number, please correct us in the comments or hoopsologypod at gmail.com, please. Um, the Phoenix Mercury is also included in this deal. Um, Ashiba's brother, Justin, a founding partner of Shore Capital, will be joining as an investor and alternate governor of the team. Um, and the deal has been agreed in principle and is completed to be soon. You mentioned Bill Simmons earlier, and I think you're – we talked about this earlier, and Bill Simmons, I think, is 100% right. This is going to set up a, a arms race for the league. I mean, right now, these teams are very lucrative. And it's interesting because I'm actually – where I work at, I'm actually, you know – following is fairly closely and what i'm seeing from a lot of experts is that they're saying that owning a nba franchise and even a sports franchise in general is a very great investment because it's almost recession proof somewhat and inflation proof because fans it'd be it's different we were a sports fan right like if you have season tickets you want to go to the game and if you have kids like your kids are hungry so yeah you want to buy snacks so it's one of those things where compared to a movie or compared to like an amusement park like sports has such a huge community aspect to it that even if prices go up i mean you fans are fanatical they're gonna find a way to go and so that makes it a great investment for a lot of these these owners and i think it's going to really transform the league um in terms of what we're going to see in the salary cap and in terms of rights deals as well that's another thing with you know the rights going up i think the the television rights for the nba are up either this year or next year so that's another huge thing as well so this is a massive deal for the league and this seeing you know I mean, the Suns, they're not the most lucrative franchise in the league. I mean, if the Suns are worth this much, what are the Lakers worth? I mean, they're going through a oh, lot of hard times yeah. now, but, but $10 billion, $20 billion? I mean, <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? Um, another aspect to this is the, the, the work culture within the Suns organization. And from what Woj has reported of ESPN is that there's still um, high-ranking executives that are still pushing a toxic work environment, from what I have heard. So hopefully... Ashiba can clean that up as well. We'll see what happens. I mean, he's the league's second youngest owner. Yeah, he's 42, I believe. Yeah, correct. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see where this team goes in terms of, you know, like like Woj said, getting high-ranking free agents to to go there. I mean, Phoenix is – 
you know, you have Scottsdale right next to it. You would think it would be a great place for a lot of, like, rich people to go um, just because of the beautiful weather. But yet, you know, they've had an issue attracting free agents over the years. I mean, there's some, been some exceptions. But compared to, you know, the Lakers and some other destinations around the league, I mean, you, you don't consider Phoenix a free agent destination. So I think it's going to be very interesting with this new ownership, the Suns having success, you know, where the Suns go in terms of the hierarchy of the league within the next few years. Yeah, you're right. I, th- I think what I like most about hearing about this purchase is what I mentioned earlier about him being a Tom Izzo player at Michigan State. I think compared to other ownership groups in the league, certainly right now, um, he has just an inherent um, love for the sport of basketball that other owners don't share. Just Agreed. Simply because they haven't played the way that he has. Uh, it, he mentioned... Um, in his statement about purchasing the team, just how important basketball has been in his life. Um, so if if he's genuine, I have no reason not to believe him at this point. Um, I, I think he will take pride in like owning that team and and not just you know try to milk it for money or, or be um, you know maybe like too frugal of an owner. I, I think he wants to see a successful product out on the floor. I mean, what owner doesn't, but I, but I think he's going to put in the extra work and extra effort to clean that organization up uh, for one thing. And then also to push them. They're already one of the top teams in the league as, as currently constructed, but continue that success so that they hopefully don't have another mega lull, you know, once Chris Paul's time is done there um, or even moving beyond uh, Devin Booker potentially. No, I agree. It's it's fascinating because I think the the NBA is you know known for being progressive on you know a lot of social issues, but I think what the league doesn't get credit for is really the technology and innovation as well that the other leagues usually kind of copy them. And and I think we saw we were talking to Jabari Young of Forbes in terms of the Clippers with Steve Ballmer. You know, his technology background and incorporating a streaming service there. So, you know, you're seeing a lot of these younger owners, you know, taking over, you know, leadership. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the league looks like under, you know, their guidance, along with Mark Cuban as well, being an elder statesman. But yet he's very on the cutting edge of whatever's happening, you know, in business and technology. So um, I think it's it's a good thing for the NBA. I think it's going to be um, great to see how it plays out. And hopefully he can just remove this, that toxic culture within phoenix once and for all as well so yeah so i think if you're a suns fan i would be excited Me too. if Agreed. i were a suns fan i mean if if you're 42 and you have a net worth of 5.1 billion is, <laughs> is what i'm reading right? i mean that guy is um he's doing you know, well either brilliant <laughs> very hard worker probably a combination of both yeah it's true um i know people don't like billionaires talking about that kind of stuff but Kids had a lot of success. <laughs> true. Um, so I, I think there could be good things coming. And, and you know, uh, I, I would want a passionate owner first and foremost. And it seems like you're at minimum getting that. I mean, like it, it has to be more fun to be a Clippers fan now that Steve Ballmer is there just because you have Steve Ballmer as your owner. I know they've had the injury stuff we've talked about and all that. They've had some unfortunate stuff. The curse is still on for the Clippers, but I think it's it's at least a little bit smoother of a pill to swallow with Steve Ballmer as your owner and like yeah. Clipper vision that you it's alluded true. to, like he's trying to innovate. I, I think you'll get the same type of situation for, um, for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. So future's looking bright in Phoenix. Uh, let's move on to some Christmas games. 
And what do you think, Justin? Should we just list off these games and then how did you want to how did you want to go through these? Yeah, we could just uh, talk about each game real quick. Yeah. Right on. So as per usual, we have a full slate of games, I believe. Um, almost all the games are on ABC slash ESPN. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know the morning ones for sure are. Yeah. And early afternoon ones, but probably all of them. Um, so starting the day, we've got 76ers versus the Knicks. Maybe doesn't sound too excited, exciting, but the Knicks have been hot lately. So that's something that I would look out for. And then, of course, the 76ers are going to need to uh, continue climbing in the East standings. I think they're going to need a good playoff spot. I think a pretty solid matchup. Any thoughts on that game? Um, I think it would be an interesting matchup. I know the, the criticism would be, you know, two teams that are barely up over 500. But really, I think just the NBA itself is very leaning on very much leaning on parity it's the competition's really really tight for all those spots so um i'm looking forward to this and i think they're playing in new york so you mean the garden christmas nice. i mean that's a big time game and especially with the knicks on this winning streak i mean i think there's a lot to uh, look forward to there yeah good point and and i agree um and you have to get the 76ers i mean harden and Embiid on christmas day that's yeah. pretty that's pretty good deal that's true. um next one that's coming up on the schedule lakers versus mavericks you got luca you had to have luca on christmas day you've got uh ad who's been on fire lately we haven't really gotten to talk about that lately um but ad has been surging there's ridiculous meme of you know, people comparing AD and Giannis. Unfortunately, now <laughs> I'm not. I'm not there with AD yet. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> um, did he have a, a foot injury recently? I think yeah, I he's read. hurt again. So he might not be back. For uh, he, this. I don't think he's gonna play. He's out for quite a while. All right, so I take um, that back. We get Luca. <laughs> yeah. On on right. Christmas Day versus the Lakers and. Uh, hopefully LeBron brings it. So that's a good game. Both of those teams also right around 500, um, a, a little worse off than the 76ers and Knicks right now. Matter of fact, I think Dallas is still below 500. So there needs to be some urgency in Dallas, uh, given how far they, they went last season and how high expectations are. Um, but you also have some role players that need to come back for Dallas. Uh, so even though... Once again, the records aren't that high. I still think this is a game with a lot of urgency that at this point right now, neither of these teams can really afford to lose. Any thoughts yeah. on this one? Yeah, I think, you know, you know, Luca, LeBron, I think that's going to be a, a great matchup. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see where these two teams go. I, I think there's <laughs> – we talked to a lot of Lakers fans uh, that came on our podcast. They were not optimistic at all. So I'm sure with Anthony Davis dealing with his foot injury, um, they, yeah. even though they have been surging, I, this is a turning point game in terms of where the, the Lakers are going to go here. I mean, when this roster has been constructed, I mean, the expectations were a championship. I think those or at least going to the Western Conference Finals, and they have not met those expectations. And I think with the Mavericks, too, you know, this – Christmas Day is always kind of indicative, at least lately, of a preview of what's good, what we're going to see possibly in the playoffs. So I think for both these teams, again, this is a huge game, a huge showcase to see what's going to happen. 
Yeah, it seems like AD is the worst possible player on that Lakers roster to go down. Like yeah. he, he can play well with either LeBron or Russ. Um, LeBron and Russ don't seem to play well together even still. Um, it's gotten better. They, they've worked around that a bit, but mostly because they're pacing Russ's time off the bench with LeBron's uh, need for rest at, at yeah. times. So, yeah, definitely important game there. Uh, next would be, in my opinion, the best game of Christmas Day. Um, certainly the most high-profile teams. Potentially your Eastern Conference Finals preview. The Bucks taking on the Celtics at 3 p.m. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much else to say uh, <laughs> other than this is the best game of the day. This is the one that everyone is going to say has the most like title implications. Are we getting a preview of that? Um, how does Middleton look in the That's mix true. now since he wasn't there in the playoffs um, last season to help the Bucks out? Uh, and it's Tatum versus Giannis, you know, maybe not directly matched up on each other, but facing off possession by possession. So really excited for that one. That's the one where I'm definitely going to make sure the gifts are open at that <laughs> point so right. we can we can mosey over the TV and, and see how these teams are doing thoughts on this one just no agreed uh this is the i would say yeah this is i think the, the best the best game i was gonna say maybe warriors grizzlies even though stats out i think they always have a huge rivalry and they don't like each other so that might be a sleeper but i think in terms of a marquee matchup it's gonna have um implications towards the playoffs even if it's a blowout on one side or the other i think this is the game to watch the buck celtics the buck celtics correct yes gotcha sure. yeah, right yeah. on Yep, and speaking of Grizzlies Warriors, they are the next slated game at 6 p.m. Um, you know, a little bit of a bummer, as you just mentioned, Steph Curry yeah. is out. So honestly, I would prefer to slot in the Nets at this point instead of <laughs> the uh, the Warriors. But this is, you know, this is a playoff rivalry from last year is what they're going for uh, with the majority of this schedule. So. Um, understandable that this gets slated um the warriors i don't know they they might be they might be kind of out uh depending on how long steph is out so it feels kind of deflated right now um you know in san francisco but you gotta have john morant at this point on christmas day he's always fun to watch um i i think the grizzlies are gonna want to make a statement that's my prediction is they're just going to want to embarrass the Warriors as much as possible, given that the Warriors eliminated them from the playoffs last season. Yeah, and that was a contentious series. You remember all the Draymond stuff yeah, and knocking players down and whatnot and <laughs> big old debate about um, his suspension or not suspension, that, those types of things. So that's my prediction is Grizzlies are, are going for blood. Um, what about you? Yeah, no, I agree. This is a statement game, but, you know, watch out for the Warriors. I mean, this is a team that's underperformed, but they still have a solid roster. Poole had a recently awesome game. You know, they still have Andrew Wiggins. You know, Draymond's always a factor. I mean, this is a team still, you know, that has, you know, a lot of potential just to score a lot of points very quickly. Not to mention Clay Thompson as well. I mean, without Steph out there, you know, he's going to be probably – drawing a lot of focus. So um, I think this is going to be a pretty entertaining matchup despite Steph being hurt. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm looking mostly at, since he is getting that extension, how Jordan Poole is going to elevate his game while Agreed. Steph is out. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing for like, 
you know, hardcore basketball fans like you and I, you know, when you're thinking of the transition of power on this Warriors team, that's that's definitely something to look for. Yeah, so it's a huge game. Very yeah. good points, and and they've got that experience as as you mentioned. So they are um, kind of most likely team to be, you know, the the old guys at the YMCA who just <laughs> outpass you, and even though they can't outrun you, they they just beat you with uh, their basketball IQ. Um, last game of the evening, Suns versus Nuggets, eight thirty p.m. Um, this is a playoff rivalry as well. Uh, Jokic has lost his cool in, in playoffs previously to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, this is the Suns in four guy matchup here. Um, so that's what we're looking at with Suns versus Nuggets. Nuggets have been kind of quietly coasting comfortably towards the top of the West. Um, I want to see if the Nuggets can can play intense basketball here on the spotlight in Christmas on Christmas day and um, get the win against a good Suns team. Um, So that's what I want to see. Can, can the nuggets be resilient and, you know, deal with the pressure of the spotlight because we know at this point that Jokic teams can coast through the regular season. What we don't know that you and I talked about earlier this year is kind of their core issue is when, that intensity gets dialed up when they have to play lockdown defense, those types of situations, can the nuggets get it done? So that's what I'm hoping we see here is that the nuggets stay in this. Of course, there's always the chance with how good the Suns are, that this could also be a blowout in the other direction that the nuggets just won't be able to keep up with the Suns. So could go either way. Thoughts on this game. Yeah, this is another survivory game. So I think in terms of relevancy, it's a guarantee Bucks, Celtics, uh, Suns, Nuggets that, you know, you could be seeing, a, you know, a potential deep playoff preview here. So I expect True. it to be close. I mean, I saw them play um, right before the playoffs started. I mean, this is another, <laughs> another situation with teams not liking each other and the fans. Like, the Suns make a lot of noise. And I'll be blunt. I've said it before. The Denver Nuggets, when they are losing, they're not a home court to get their team back into the game. So... Mm. Um, I think the the Suns can always capitalize on that, especially with Booker. So um, I think I'd probably pick the Suns in this game. I just, to me, in like kind of big Nuggets home court situations, I haven't liked the way that the Nuggets have responded, their fans in particular. Um, I have been very critical of that. So we'll see what happens, but I think it'll be a very entertaining matchup for sure. Suns have done it time and time again. Yeah. So it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, a team that traveled well yep. last year, a uh, team that does still pretty darn well this year. So just to recap real quick, the 76ers Knicks will be in Madison Square Garden. The Lakers Mavericks will be in Dallas, uh, surprisingly. The Bucks Celtics will be in Boston. The Grizzlies Warriors will be in San Francisco, uh, in California. The Suns Nuggets will be in Denver, as you just mentioned. So should be... <clears throat> A, a fantastic slate of games. I think really the only high performer that we're missing is the Brooklyn Nets who have been hot of late. Oddly enough, I mean, both New York teams right now are uh, somewhat on fire. Uh, so that's the only real big name team we're missing. But, you know, probably, again, one of those business decisions on yeah. the NBA's part, like we don't want to tweet to get out of hand and then Kyrie's <laughs> not there for this game or, right. or whatever, you know. Not that that's ever happened before or anything, but uh, just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap up. We've been given uh, a good long podcast here, and we want to let you guys get to your holiday weekend, your Christmas weekend. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for supporting the show. If you want to help us out, please share the episode with a friend. Really appreciate it. Uh, We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on the Christmas Day games, whether the before or after reactions and predictions. Um, And you can do that in the YouTube comments. You can do that by email, hoopsologypod at gmail.com. You can do that anywhere you're doing social media. We're typically there. Um, So find us on there get in on the conversation and uh, wishing you guys a Merry Christmas and a very happy new year and happy holidays. Um, Justin, anything else before we get out of here? No, no, that's it. Uh, again, it's uh, email the show hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and just, um, check us out on all your favorite podcasting platforms and happy holidays as well. For Justin Goodrum, I'm Matt Thomas. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. See you later.